We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve Pretch, joined as always by dusty Ely, sarah keller what is going on guys sarah dusty is it's exciting times i don't know if you know this there's a there's some major major news going on in packerland we have a new long snapper it's exciting. It's super exciting. <laughs> so, Sarah, how, how you doing? How's things going down in Florida? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, this is just the best news we could have possibly received, so I can't imagine feeling any better. Um, but we're here. We're back. Week two of the gang being back together, so couldn't be happier and excited. We have a lot of good stuff lined up for this episode. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of uh, the Jack Coco cast here, and uh, just just <laughs> ready, ready to get rolling, man. Happy to talk some football. Uh, just to, to peel the curtain back a little bit for everybody, and and you can poke a little fun at us sitting here, like talking with Dusty and Sarah before the show started, planning out what we're going to talk about. And number one on my list was Jack Coco, so we could make sure we talk about the new <laughs> long snapper. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh shit. We, we should probably talk about the Jair extension. That's something that just happened really recently that we probably should talk about. I know the team yesterday talked about it, obviously, when it broke. But um, gut reactions. Dusty, how are how you feeling now that Jaws back uh, four years, 84 mil? Feeling great, man. I mean, you know, the, the money is about what you expected the money was going to be. It was kind of one of those, boy, I hope he doesn't sign for 30. Uh, so, you know, that could have gone crazy, you know. But I thought what they got him for was good. I'm I'm. You know, one of those deals I kind of assumed was going to happen. He's going to be back. It's just nice to finally have it on the books, man. We've got the got the secondary, you know, with Rasul signed and Stokes and and all of this stuff, and having Jair back just it feels right, man. So it's uh, yeah. I know uh, Ross and Ross and Jake talked about it a lot yesterday, so we don't need to dig into it too much. But yeah, just uh, thrilled it's finally. It's kind of one of those just waiting for it to happen, and just just glad it's finally here. Yeah, I was stoked when I saw this news um, and I sent it in my family group chat and everyone was super excited. And it's just nice, like you said, Dusty, that it's done. I, I There was never a doubt for me. I knew the deal was going to get done, but it was just always kind of lingering in the background of, oh, are they, they going to get it done? And what's going to happen? So knowing that you know he's ready to go and he'll be back and healthy with know some great additions uh, um, out there. I mean, that's going to be a scary defense for the Packers, and I'm really just thrilled with that news. Uh, and yeah, echo everything you guys said. And then on top of it, now the Packers have a little bit of extra wiggle room as far as the cap goes for this year. So that's a huge bonus. Like you know, in season injuries, they need to sign somebody. Extensions for the following year, like all that kind of stuff rolls around. And uh, I mean, the caps. Who knows what the cap is going to be for next year? So it's just it's great. Um, and locking up an ascending player like a almost number one wide uh, cornerback in the league for four years at, at twenty one mil like almost feels like a bargain for well, for what he does. And you know it, sometimes it blows my mind because you look on Twitter and like you everybody's happy, but you you find the people that question the move and like why why like his numbers don't match up and they're like he he doesn't have the numbers, the pass breakups, he doesn't have the all stuff. I'm like, well yeah, they don't throw at him. Like that 
It's very simple why he doesn't have the numbers because they're afraid to throw at him, and that's worth all the money that they're paying him. So especially now they're going to try to air quote pick on Rasul Douglas and and pick on uh, Eric Stokes. Man, this defense is going to be legit. So I'm super excited about it. All right, Dusty, this is going to be your time to shine, man. Tell us about Jack Coco, the new long snapper for the Green Bay Packers. Jack Coco, who knows how long he's going to be around. Long snapper was a position we knew they were going to have to upgrade. Uh, and so, you know, they just signed Jack Coco. So I went down the rabbit hole a little bit, tried to find a little bit. I'm an intriguing story. So we'll start off. 6'2", 232 pounds, came out as a redshirt junior out of Georgia Tech. He was a walk-on. This is all per the website Rambling, uh, Ramblin' Wreck is where I found this. Uh, he was a walk-on offensive lineman. And then in his last year, he uh, he worked out a ton. He got, I think it was like the Iron Jacket Award or something they give out to five players every year at Georgia Tech. He got a scholarship, a uh, full-ride scholarship his last year. Went Turned into a tight end, not a, not huge or anything like that. He, on the year, was four receptions for 22 yards. Uh, but he did kind of do a ton of work to transform himself, to get into a tight end, just to kind of work. And he said just get into uh, as much as as many games as he could. He has been a long snapper, offensive line and long snapper, long snapper from the time he came in since I was uh, 08 to 2020. No recorded errant snaps on any of his snaps. Now, from what I could tell, and again, the website I found was like a Georgia Tech fan site, and there's no, they don't really keep you know sp- specific stats on this stuff. It did not look like he did a single punt long snap. He basically was extra points, field goals, stuff like that. So no errant snaps on that. But as near as I could tell, nothing on punt. And punt coverage is a pretty big thing of being a long snapper. So it'll be interesting to see if that comes along. But the one thing, one of the things I did see that you know gave me hope, gave me promise was. After he got the scholarship, he's quoted as saying, he says, I walk on a power five school. Never thought I was going to get to play. Went from O-line to tight end. I worked my tail off to have an opportunity to play as much as possible this year. I was fortunate enough to earn a scholarship. It's crazy. And then he finished with super crazy. So it's a guy who has worked a ton to kind of work his way up through a program, try to get on the field as much as possible. So again, no errant snaps on the field goal unit, anything like that. If he is going to be a long snapper, he's going to have to learn how to punt. But he does seem like a guy who's willing to work for that. I mean, I, I did not see athletic profile, but everything about his makeup screams a guy that's going to work his tail off to get on the field and and provide as much help as he can. So who knows what's going to happen. By the time you listen to this, maybe he won't be on the team anymore. But it uh, seems like an intriguing story and a hard worker, if nothing else. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, something to be excited about, I guess. It's... He, I don't know, man. It's the offseason. We're getting excited about long snappers. It's Jack Coco. His name reminds me of an arcade fire song. Like we're just, it's, we're just, we're grasping at straws at this point, man. It's May, you know, Jack Coco came into our lives and gave us some light. Speaking of grasping at straws, uh, the Falcons <laughs> signed Geronimo Allison. <laughs> Gracious. What a transition. It's <laughs> cruel. It's cruel, man. I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> Dusty, do you care to comment? <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? I'm happy for him. He's an undrafted free agent. He's carved out a nice little career for himself. What's it been in uh, five years? I think this is a sixth year or something. Like he's limited athletically. Uh, he's he's going to give you what he's going to give you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy that he's carved out the career he has. The Falcons aren't going anywhere. He's probably going to catch on there. I do think it's interesting because he is kind of like a big guy, like longer arms, like not huge. But what they're building down there is just like just get guys who can jump up and catch the ball with their big freakish long arms. So I think it's uh, I think it's interesting what they're doing and kind of adding him to the list there with uh, Drake London and Pitts. Kind of get those big bodies out there. I'm curious to see what happens. So eh, good for him. Good for Geronimo. It's going to be a bad team this year, but good for him. Yeah. I mean, he has a job so that's good that's all you can ask for mm-hmm. all right guys we're gonna have a little fun here we're gonna break down uh the 2022 green bay packers schedule and go through what we think is gonna happen so we are gonna start number one week number one uh, sunday september 11th at the minnesota vikings sarah what do you think is gonna happen win loss win, win. um first game of the season packers are gonna come out hot because last year they came out like absolute crap during week one so i think it's going to be totally fresh in their memory and it'll be a completely different type of mentality and i hate the vikings and i'd love to just right off the bat 
see the Packers crush them at their home stadium. So I'm taking them. I'm, I think all the momentum's working in Green Bay's favor. So I'm taking them to win this one. I'm actually going to give them a loss. Give them a loss. They they've had they've struggled with with Minnesota uh, at least once at least once a year. They've Minnesota's given them trouble. I think this is going to be it. The week one, you know, they've got the pieces on defense, but you know, some of those guys, you know, I talked I think last week about Quay Walker and how like he may he's going to take his lumps a little bit, and there's they're going to fit these new pieces in. I mean, I, I think that defense is going to be good, but I, I could see them struggling a little bit out of the gate and and the offense without Devonte, how is that structure going to work how is how is the whole thing going to work with them you know obviously they're going to have practice and preseason and all the stuff leading up to that but it's still going to be the first regular season game without Devonte adams he was such a huge piece of that offense i could just see off coming out the gate at minnesota defense you know defense looks okay but gives up some big plays and then the offense sputters a little so i'll i'll I don't like doing it, man. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them a loss, and they and they kick off 0 and 1, and Zedaria Smith posts some eyes on Twitter or something, and you know, world world keeps spinning. But uh, I think that's what's gonna happen. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the W for uh, for Green Bay that way. I, you know, new regime for Minnesota, trying to figure themselves out, offensive, defensive, and. I think the Packers know what they're doing offensively, and I think with Aaron Rodgers following exactly what Matt LaFleur wants to do and following the script of the offense, I think they're going to be just fine, um, more than people really think, uh, a.k.a. David Carr thinking the Packers aren't going to even win eight games this year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm going to take the dub there and move on to week two, Sunday, September uh, 18th for Sunday Night Football against the Chicago Bears. Sarah, what you got? Easy dub. That's all I have to say. Yep, bears are ass. Easy win. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Sarah, I don't know if you're still making note cards about the funny things we say, but if you could just write down, yeah, the bears are ass. I'm adding that. I'm going to start a new list right now. We're recording okay. May 17, 2022 season. I like 20, it. Yeah, it's beginning. All right, I'll take the dub as well for that one. And then move on to Sunday, the September 25th at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sarah, is this the one you're going to be at? Yes, I should be going to this game, which is really exciting. Um, but unfortunately, I think that they're going to lose for a couple reasons. One, it seems like they never play well in Florida. And two, I seem to curse them every single time that I watch them in <laughs> Florida. So sorry, guys. I'm, I'm going to see it in Hopefully I'm wrong, but I think after winning in week one and two, they'll drop one in week three, and it's going to be hot. Yeah, I'm actually going to give them a loss, too, basically due to the Kelleher curse. Um, so <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think, uh, I, I, again, I can see them struggling a little bit. I don't think the Bucks are as good as they as they were, as they have been, but I do think I'm, I am going to take this as a loss. Just, is that weird, like, they, they forgot how to play football in California, and now it looks like they forgot how to play football in Florida. So, yeah, I'll just give them, uh, give them a loss here. So I've got them starting out, man, one and two. That's not great for me. Not great. I also will give them the loss on this one. Just uh, I don't know if it's the, the Tom Brady curse, whatever it is, but you know if this is officially his last season before he goes into the booth, like I think uh, he's going to want to one-up Rodgers as much as humanly possible. And I think they'll, at home in Tampa, like I think they'll get the win. They'll uh, – Tampa will get the win there. So move on to week four, uh, Sunday, October 2nd, against the New England Patriots at home. That's uh, the 325 primetime game. Sarah, what do you think? So I'm actually hoping to be in Green Bay for this game. Um, Ooh, two weeks in a row? Yeah, so we're, we're just Ooh. talking about it over the weekend, so we'll see. Um, I think the Packers are going to win this one. Um, you know, I, I said they were going to lose the previous week, and I think they bounced back and – look good against a decent Patriots team. So take in Green Bay. Yeah, give me the win. Uh, you know, Patriots looked uh, looked decent last year, kind of petered off a little bit there. But I think with, uh, I think Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones hit a ceiling last year. Like I think he's going to be perfectly fine, but he has his limitations. I think the defense is going to start rounding in form a little bit. They'll be able to take advantage of, of some of the weaknesses he has. And I think the offense will start coming in too. So I'll give, uh, I give them a, a pretty solid win in that one, I think. Yep, I agree. I think I think his defense will start to be coming together really well at that point. And I think that 
you know, as much as Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback or was a rookie quarterback this past season, second year slump could be in effect for him. So it's definitely something to watch out for. And especially if you've got a, a defense that's flying around, definitely look for them to, you know, a couple picks and, and uh, doing some fun stuff there and the offense will be clicking. So, and that takes us to London guys, week five, Sunday, October 9th, eight 30 in the morning, which is legitimately the, one of the funniest things I heard was, they were talking about the London game on Milwaukee radio and they're like, well, if the game's at eight 30, that means all the bars have got to open up at six. Right. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? No. Then, then that's a, that's a legit point of conversation. But Sarah, tell me, what do you think? London time versus the, the uh, New York giants. I think they're going to win. I love this first time. And I, I just feel like all the vibes are good. And also the jets are not good. And that's a great this combination. Is the, this is the Giants. I thought they were playing the Jets. They play the Jets the following week six. Oh, well, Giants suck too. So it really <laughs> is the same thing. There we go. I'm like, I confuse <laughs> the Bears the New are York team. The Giants suck too. I did okay. not realize that they were playing both New York teams back to back like that. Back to back, man. Yeah, I think it's going to be ugly. Listen, I'm playing. I'm going to get up, get a mimosa, a little Jameson's in my coffee, you know, just really do it up, do this early morning up. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be ugly. It's it's early in the morning, man. They, they've never played over there before. Like just, your body's not used to that. Uh, they just, they're coming, you know, coming off that primetime game against the Patriots. I think it's going to be ugly, but yeah, like, like. Sarah just said Giants suck too. So I think it's I think it's not gonna be pretty. I think the, I think the second half they'll turn it on a little bit and start start, you know, kind of beat them pretty handedly, but I think it's gonna be ugly. But yeah, give them the give them the win in London. Yeah, this feels like uh an ugly, like rainy game somehow. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's so it's gonna be on the ground game and I mean Saquon Barkley will be injured by week two, so it'll be fine. So Packers will, should should take this one pretty easily. All right, next week, week six against the New York Jets at home. Sarah, what do you think about that one? Win, obviously. I just said that they sucked about (laughs) two minutes ago, so I have to follow up. And you thought they'd beat the Jets in London as well, so it'd be fine. (laughs) This one's tricky, man. Um, I think I might give them a loss here. No. Listen, I don't like the Jets, but the, some of the moves they've made this offseason. You really like, have I think they're three and three in the first six. I games? do, I do, but I've got them turning on late. Like I think you first of all, you got Sala there, who you know Lafleur is coached with, and we know some of the issues he's had with Shanahan. I know it's not the same exact relationship, but there's some of that. But I think what the Jets are doing, I mean, I think it all hinges on if you believe in Zach Wilson. I personally do not. But I think he's still he has enough talent to make some splash plays. I think they've done some nice things in the offseason to build up that team. I think they're going to be a better team than people realize. And it's more than anything, they're coming off, man. They just they played in Tampa and and got beat because it's gonna be 130 degrees down there. They had the Patriots, and then they went to London and they have to come back without a bye, play the Jets. I just think they're gonna be kind of tired. I think they're gonna be beat. I think they come out sloppy. I think the I, I don't think it's pretty, but I think the Jets beat them in that one. You just said you have to believe in Zach mm-hmm. Wilson, and I don't. Yeah, but you're yeah. still. I also, make I also don't think I don't think the Packers are going to have their legs in that game. I just I just feel like they're not going to quite look like themselves. And the Jets, I think by the end of the year, the Jets fade. But I think they come out decently strong. Now by week three of this year, this prediction may look real, real dumb. But I just think based on like what the Jets are doing, the staff they have out there, I'm I'm going to give it to them just based on. The, the way the schedule has fallen in this game. If this game didn't come after London, I'm giving it to the Packers. I think the fact that it's coming after London in this little stretch, I'm, I'll take the Jets. I don't believe in Zach Wilson, so I'm going to take the dub here. Fair. <laughs> More than fair. Week seven at the Washington Commanders. 12 o'clock game. Sarah, what you think? I also have them winning this one. I mean, the, the Commanders are sort of a mess. Um, and this is... You know, it's an away game, but they don't have to travel too, too far. It's not like they're going to the West Coast or anything. So I feel good about that one and that they should have it in the bag. Yeah. Packers, give them back on track. I'm taking the Packers that one. Yep. Completely agree. Let's move on to week eight at the Buffalo Bills. Sarah. (sighs) I have an L for this one. That's just a lot. Buffalo is obviously a great team. And then having to go to Buffalo for a primetime game Sunday night uh, it just feels like the stakes are really high and Bill's Mafia might get the best to Green Bay. So unfortunately, I think they'll lose that one. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm going to give them the win, man. I'm riding high now. They lost to the Jets. Jesus. They got beat a little. They got down. Washington, they they kind of got their mojo back. I I think they I think they go into Buffalo and win that game. I think it's a, I think it's a tremendous game. You know, if everyone's healthy, this is again all the caveats to all of this stuff. Provided everyone's healthy, I think that's a tremendous game. A lot of offense, but ultimately, I think the Packers come out with that one. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a loss on this one. I think um, Buffalo's a really talented team. And the way that they added a couple extra pieces in the off season, still have, you know, Stefan Diggs, still have Josh Allen. I think, you know, I think this is definitely a, a game that definitely the, that the Packers could lose. So I'm just going to go with the loss on this one. And let's move on to week nine at the Detroit Lions. Sarah, what do you think? I have this as a win for the Packers. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to lose against the Bills. It'll be a tough loss and then they'll bounce back the following week and, um, you know, won't have to travel too far to Detroit. And usually that's a pretty easy dub for Green Bay right in the middle of the season. So I'll take it. I'm going to give them a loss. No kidding. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah. David Carr, when did yeah. you come on our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll give them the win. Uh, I mean, I like what we saw the Lions last year. And they're going to be feisty. And I think they have a chance to be good in a couple of years. But they just, they just still do not have the pieces just yet. So I'll give the Packers one of those one. Yep, going with the win on this one. Um, and then let's just move it right away to week 10. Dallas Cowboys, 325 game at home. Sarah. Win. The the Packers always find a way to beat the Cowboys. So I'm not worried about this. It's at home. McCarthy homecoming. I, I know that there will be a lot of emotion. I see this game being really close. And at the very end, Aaron Rodgers just totally going on a tear like he usually does against the Cowboys and the Packers kicking a last minute field goal and winning. Uh, Aaron Rodgers scorched earth game, man. Like, uh, the, again, like some of the times, like you, you I, I think this, and then he does not end up doing it. And that could, I think like when Favre came back in and they had the Bart Sir thing in halftime, was that Thanksgiving against the Bears? And he laid an egg, but this feels like this is just petty, petty Rogers. I think he's kind of come out on fire. I'd honestly feel better about this game if it was in Dallas, uh, just because of what he does in Dallas. But uh, yeah, give the Packers a win here. I'm actually going to go with the loss here. I think, uh, yeah, I think Mike McCarthy comes in and like, this is the the game he has. He doesn't care what happens the rest of the season. He has circled this game and he has a game plan that's going to work. Um, just in some crazy, you know, crazy things happen when they play the Cowboys. You know, the Dez caught it, didn't caught it, all that kind of stuff. So they're going to lose a couple games here and there. And it's going to be, you know, whether it's the Lions, whether it's the Cowboys. Like, I think this is just one that maybe they do lose. So I'm going to take the L for the Cowboys and let's move on to week 11 versus at home versus the Tennessee titans and this is ooh, a, a fun note this is the thursday night prime video game so sarah what are you thinking i think that this could be a loss for the packers um thursday night is always a killer um but coming off playing the cowboys they definitely are going to be a bit tired no matter what happens and i don't know i just hate the thursday games um so i think they might drop this one I give him the win. I, I kind of, I was kind of in the same boat for a little bit there. That short week, coming off Cowboys, coming off some of that stretch, I could see them kind of losing. But I just, 
I don't know. I'm not a big believer in the Titans this year. I think with AJ Brown gone, uh, you know, I think Derrick Henry might be starting to break down a little bit. I, you know, without, without all of that stuff there, I don't think Tannehill is who Tannehill is. I, I just don't, I don't love it. And the Packers have done decently. I feel like, I, but well, I just, just recent memory was that Cardinals game last year coming off short week, the unbeaten Cardinals and what the Packers did to him in that game without Devonte Adams. So I'm going to take uh short weeks, never fun, but I'm, I'm going to give, uh, give the Packers this game. Yeah, I think I'm going to take uh take Green Bay as well. Um yeah, I don't really need to go too deep into it. So, I'll take the win on that one. Week 12 at the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday Night Football. Sarah, what are you thinking? Win. I think anytime the Packers play in prime time, look out because they're always going to bring their best game. Typically beginning in the second quarter, uh, first quarter, I get so pissed the entire time. Like, what are they doing? Everyone's watching and they're sucking and then they turn it on and they play really great the rest of the game. Um, So I'm taking this as a win for the Packers. I'm going to give them a loss just because a win seems real obvious, man. They came off a tough stretch. They've got kind of the, the long break here after the Titans They had the short week going in. They got a little extra rest going on the Eagles game. And it feels like they, feels like they drop random ones late in the season. There's a kind of a tough stretch for them. I'm just going to say they've got the, they got the bye week in mind. They got the bears the next week. I think they not get caught looking ahead. I just feel like they drop a random game and this feels like they drop a random game. So I'll give them a loss uh, against the Eagles. I'm also going to go with a loss. I think uh, the Eagles team is looking pretty solid Um, going on the road. Uh, even with the extra rest, I still think it's just uh, that's a tough one. So that's a really good team offensive, defensively, and yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me in the world. Like Packers have always struggled, especially with scrambling quarterbacks too. And Jalen Hurts did some bad things to him a year or two ago. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm gonna go with the loss, and then we'll uh, we'll move right on. Week 13, Sunday, December 4th, at the Chicago Bears. Sarah, I also have this as a win. Um, do we need to say? The Bears are ass, like Dusty no, said yeah, we, earlier. We've given some pretty deep analysis on this team already. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this will be the first time Aaron Rodgers is back in that stadium since he proclaimed that he owned the entire fan base and franchise. So I have a feeling Aaron Rodgers being the petty man that he is, he'll just continue to pile on and Packers will win. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the win. I actually had it penciled in as a L actually. And Sarah kind of talked me out of it. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, like, I feel like this isn't the year that they go six and zero in the division. I think there's going to be a slip up somewhere along the ways. So I think I'll, I'll go uh, a little bit down the road for that one. So, all right. Week 14, they've got the bye. week 15, come back for Monday night football against the Rams at home. Sarah, what are you thinking for uh, the Los Angeles Rams? I think the Packers are going to win this. They've the last couple of years, they've seemed to handle the Rams really well. Um, you know, playoffs, regular season last year, and they always look good coming off the bye. Like this can be a better game to come off um, the bye for and at home potentially could be snowing. It's going to be freezing since it's December. Rams obviously play um, in a dome stadium covered and they live in Los Angeles where the weather's beautiful. So I really think Green Bay has a good advantage here, um, and I think they're going to win. Yeah, for all those reasons, for all those reasons to win. They've got they've got the bye. They've done well against the Rams. The McVay Lafleur thing seems to be dead. Lafleur's gotten the better of him a little bit. I think the Packers have the better team. We'll see what happens by Week 15, who's around. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the Packers a win there. In agreement, that's a win for the Packers. All right, let's move it on to week number 16 at the Miami Dolphins for a noon kick. Sarah, what are you thinking? So this one, Christmas Day, a little bit interesting. I think the Packers will also win this one. Um, the good news about this is that it won't be nearly as hot when they from when they came into Florida um, in September. It'll actually probably be beautiful outside and a nice change from the freezing cold temperatures in Wisconsin. Um, and you know, I, I think the dolphins are definitely in, improving, um, in areas, but overall the Packers are still the better team. So taking a Christmas day dub for green Bay. 
I'm going to take the win. This is something that's been kicking my mind with the Dolphins quite a bit lately. I know, you know, the the Tua comes up quite a bit with their arm strength and all of that. But more than that, you know, with Mike McDaniel's a head coach, and he kind of made his bones, offensive coordinator, run game coordinator, all that stuff in San Francisco. And so much about San Francisco is positional versatility, and you get your guys to do different stuff, and everyone buys in. You got Debo as the running back. Kittle is kind of your all-world tight end, blocking, receiving. You've got guys that are all willing to buy in. And they're all blocking in the run and you help sell the pass, all that stuff. I don't know who's doing that in Miami. It's Tyreek Hill. It's Jalen Waddle. Those guys aren't blocking. And their tight end is Mike Gesicki, who's not making his bones as a as a run blocking tight end. So like the system is completely different. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with it. But just if you look at the pieces, and look at the coach. I, I have no idea how this fits together because I don't know who which wide receiver or even which tight end is your blocking guy. So I'm curious to see how it goes. All that being said, yeah, Packers win. Yeah, we'll take a dub there. Week 17, Sunday, January 1st, 2023 against the Minnesota Vikings. Sarah? I have an L for this one. Um, like, I can't remember which one of you mentioned it before. It seems like they always drop at least one of the games against Minnesota every year. Um, and I could just totally see it being on brand for – uh, the Vikings to start off 2023 beating the Packers in what's probably not a very meaningful game. And then their fan base saying, <laughs> oh, this is the year starting 2023 <laughs> off right. Like I can already hear it coming. Uh, so, um, well, you know, I hope it doesn't happen, but it's just too predictable at this point. I think to go one on one against the Vikings, I just have them dropping the first one. So I have them, I have them winning this one. Packers winning this one, not the Vikings. The Vikings will not be winning this one. Yeah, I think this is going to be the one that I think that the Packers lose in the division. Crazy things can always happen, especially late in the season when it's you know cold weather, fumbles that shouldn't that normally wouldn't be fumbles, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go with the L on this one, and then we've got Week 18, which is uh, uh, essentially TBD. It says January 7th or January 8th. Not sure when that's going to be yet, but that's against the Detroit Lions at home. Sarah, how do the Packers finish the year? I honestly think they may lose this similar to what happened this year where the last game is just kind of meaningless. And after the first half, they don't play a lot of the starters. Uh, so I'm just going to take a gamble and say that they lose. I was kind of leaning the same way. Um, I think that would then put them in my book at five losses and the floor only wins 13 games. So I'm going to give them a win here to put the Packers at 13 and four, because that's what the floor does. But I, I, I do very much. I could see that scenario playing out, Sarah, which is just a meaningless uh, game. But let's give them the win. Yeah, I'm going to go with the win as well. And that puts me uh, with my prediction at 13 and four. Dusty just said that puts you at 13 mm-hmm. and four. Sarah, have you been counting along? Do you know what your prediction yeah, I'm is? At, then? I'm at 12 and five. Okay. So we're all awesome. close. Very cool. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, guys, uh, as always, we, we asked for some Twitter questions to help uh, pass the time in the off season, and we got some good ones again uh, this week, so let's get into them. And as a true professional, I am not, I do not have them pulled up just <laughs> yet, so bear with me for three seconds. All right, first one from Brian Hartstead. Uh, wants to know, Alan Lazard has not signed his $4 million restrictor for agent contract. Uh, do you think there's anything to be worried about? Food question, what's your favorite food to eat when in Wisconsin? Dusty, we'll start with you. I'm not worried. Uh, I mean, is it odd that he hasn't signed it? I feel it does feel a little odd, but I'm not worried just because it feels like he's a, a big enough part of that offense, a big enough part of their plans that if they feel like they want to get a longer term deal done, especially with the Jair stuff done, they they could they could work something out. So, I mean, I think he's going to, I, I have zero concerns about him playing Green Bay this year. So, again, I've not heard anything about a holdout. I have no idea what any of it means, but it, it does not it does not really concern me at all. Maybe because it's May, and I don't really care um, because I assume he's going to be with the Packers this year. And any, uh, let's see, the favorite food to eat in Wisconsin? I'm going to be real real basic, man. I'm going to go curds because uh, I can get some cheese curds here in Kentucky, you know, fried curds. We even have a Culver's, you know. Culver's here and all of that, and they're perfectly fine, but there's nothing like uh, Wisconsin cheese curds. Uh, I agree with you on the Lazard point. Um, it is a bit odd, but I don't think there's anything to worry about. Um, Packers seem to be a little slow sometimes just with working with guys and getting deals done, and, you know, it's the off season. He might just be kind of relaxing, and they'll get it done when they get it done. Uh, and then favorite food to eat when in 
it when in Wisconsin, I love going to Friday night fish fry when I'm in uh, the lovely state of Wisconsin. So I would have to go with that. Yeah, I agree with you guys on Lazard. Not nothing to be worried about until he like says there's something to be worried about. So I'm just gonna kind of wait, wait in line for that one. Um, and then favorite food went in Wisconsin. Since I live in Wisconsin, I guess you're just asking me what my favorite food is. I'll just say pizza, <laughs> breakfast pizza, as Dusty said before the show started. Yeah, done and done. All right, next question. Uh, he actually has two. Would you prefer a new extra safety for depth or re-signing Kevin King? And number two, is DeGuara going to be making a leap in 2022? Sarah, what do you think? Hmm, it's a good question. I'll start with number two first. So I, I do think DeGuara is going to make the leap in 2022, and I'm sure Dusty will have a, a much longer and elaborate answer on how he can do that. Um, but it feels like he's at least been trending in the right direction. I mean, injuries have kind of held him back in some ways, which sucks. But hopefully if he can stay healthy this year, I think he'll play an important role um, in the offense, as most of the tight ends now in this LaFleur era do. Um, then would I prefer a new extra safety for depth or re-signing King? Um, at this point, probably just a new safety. Obviously, King's been on the team for a few years, and it just hasn't worked out. Uh, so maybe try somebody new and you know, throw them in there, see how they do. I, I, at this point, it really, like Kevin King hasn't been great. I'm not sure if it the first person they find is going to be that much worse. It might be equal or better. So I would take the gamble. Yeah. I like, um, I don't know. They, they, they need depth at both spots. So I, it, it all, it depends on who it is. Right. Cause I mean, I'm looking at the, uh, the free agent safeties right now and it's guys like Landon Collins, uh, Tayshawn Gibson, uh, Chris Banjo, Chris Banjo, still only 32. I swear that man was 40. Uh, Anderson Dejo, Jaquiski Tart. I really like Tart. So if they got a guy like Tart, like I'd, I'd be down for that. Like, so some of those names, like no one really eye popping. Uh, Henry Black is on there. Henry, you know, maybe bring Henry Black in. He's, he's good. Um, so I think it depends on who they bring in. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Landon Collins. Gibson's fine. Again, if it's Tart, I think I feel really good about it. I think they need depth. And I think if, if King is your, you know, the, if the, if King is your fourth cornerback, and you can get him for low money, like I don't really hate that. So I I kind of leaning towards I'd go like specifically bring in Jaquiski Tart. And if you don't bring in Jaquiski Tart, then I'm fine with King. I'll take King. Um DeGora gonna make a leap in 2022. Man, I sure hope so. Uh he's you know, I've talked about this before, but it's it's a tight end is one of the harder positions to come in and, and be good at. Usually you get a guy that it's it's second usually third year by the time a lot of those guys hit and that's just again it's because of because of what you're all learning it's it's you're learning the routes as a receiver especially if you're you're expected to be a receiver you're learning offensive line slides and all of that stuff because you're expected to be you know offensive line on the inline stuff you're also if you're operating as some kind of fullback you're learning some of those reads and keys as well it's just it's a lot uh, especially for a guy like DeGuaro who they're kind of expecting to do all of that stuff so and he lost you know most of his first season as well so I think um he's got you know he's got the athleticism We've seen flashes from him. You know, obviously the hands have been an issue, but he's shown the ability to get open. He's looking more comfortable. His blocking has been like vastly improved in year two. Uh, like some of his run blocking and even some of his pass blocking stuff, like he's looked just absolutely tremendous on. So I think all everything's there for him to take a leap. So I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying for sure he's going to, but I'd say the signs have been really, really good. And I certainly expect him to. Um, and, and I think the Packers do as well, which is why they haven't been really hammering the tight end market at all. <laughs> like hopefully, hopefully that that's a good sign for his development. Uh, Dusty, can you say Jaquiski Tart? Five times fast. Whiskey tart, 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 tart. I'm just going to say his last name, just tart, tart, tart. It sounded like you said whiskey tart. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's now that's something you could eat during that London game as well. Cause it's in the morning. There you go. There you go. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the safety um, just with making sure that, you know, Darnell Savage got dinged up a little bit here and there uh, and just want to add that extra depth and make sure that that's good and covered. So I think that's where I'd go. And then, uh, I mean, I don't know if about, enough about DeGuara. Like, Dusty just covered everything we needed. you guys needed to know. So we'll just move on to the next question. Matt Pickett wants to know, what, uh, which post-2005 Packers draft class was your favorite and why? And your food question, Dusty actually posted a gif with a Kakamora from Moana. So got him thinking about how coconut is a very divisive food. And do you love it or hate it and why? 
So, uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. What's your favorite uh, post-2005 draft class? Yeah, I really like 2017. So to name a few that were drafted that year, uh, Kevin King, Josh Jones, Montrevious Adams, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. So that's a pretty good bunch there. Obviously, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are really the two that stand out the most. But, you know, and Kevin King at the time was a good pick. He, he did pretty well the first couple of years before, you know, he struggled with some injuries and got hurt. It wasn't so. TJ Watson. Say I do. Why were you? Saw Steve leaning in. I was like, drop the hammer, Steve. Drop it. <laughs> but I was happy. I remember after that draft, um, getting the depth at running back again um, felt good. And it was like, okay, we're going to be able to, to run the ball a little more. Um, so that was definitely a year in recent memory that I felt pretty good about. Yeah. I had three different ones that I was kind of looking at. And I think, you know, they weren't, it wasn't super heavy on the guys that they got, but I think Oh nine, that was when they got BJ Raji, Clay Matthews, TJ Lang. I think, I, I can't remember. I think that was first three or three other first four picks. Cause it was Raji Matthews first round Lang. I think was fourth, but I think they were missing their second or third that year. So uh, like that was a, a real solid year. Obviously they would, they, they were not good in 08, but that kind of helped load them up. That was three longtime starters. You know, obviously the, uh, you know, Matthews ended up becoming the all-time Packer sack leader, uh, you know, until they kind of reconfigured the numbers and they counted the past ones. And then Willie Davis is kind of edging him out, but you know, Raji, that solid presence that gave you that all-time moment in the NFC championship game. Matthews, you know, a long timer, Packer Hall of Famer, and then Lang, long time guard, set the tone there. So it's again like 13, 2013, 2014, a couple of different ways I could have gone, but 09 with those three guys there, just I, I really love that draft. Oh, and I forgot to answer the coconut part of that question um, too. So do I love it or hate it? Somewhere in between, I think, is where I fall. Um, and I know we were talking about it before and Steve and I are kind of on the same page about this, that we can consume certain forms of coconut and like it and enjoy it. But then others. So, you know, I like coconut water, pina coladas, everything in that realm, Then, <laughs> but not a big fan. If I get like, let's say an, an acai bowl and they sprinkle coconut flakes on it or coconut brownies. I don't like any of that. So I have to do it in doses. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all in on coconut, man. All in on coconut. Just give me, I was telling them beforehand and they looked at me like I was a lunatic. I bought a bag of like dried coconut strips from uh, from Trader Joe's recently and ate that bag in like a day. I found out that if you eat like a couple of those strips before you have your morning coffee, it tastes like there's like a, there's a coconut hint to your coffee and it's incredible. So yeah, I am, I, I love me some coconut. Yeah, uh, as far as my favorite draft goes, I will actually agree with Dusty. That was actually one of my favorites was when they were switching over to the 3-4. They got Clay Matthews, they got Raji, they got TJ Lang in the fourth. That's the way it went. And then one of the the unsung heroes, Brad Jones in the seventh. Mm-hmm. Yes, was, uh, yeah, yeah. That was a great pick too. So um, that was a really great draft. And I still remember it because I actually was living in South Korea at the time. So that was really cool because I was watching the draft <laughs> wasn't even a video. It was literally a draft board that would like ping when somebody would get picked. And so it was like five in the morning and I'm like sitting and watching this thing. That's how much I love the NFL draft at that point. And so I remember like sitting there, I'm like, t- like talking to Ted Thompson, like he could hear me and be like, dude, like you switched over to the three, four, you need a nose tackle. You need to pick BJ Raji. You need to pick BJ Raji. And then it came down and I was like, Oh, this was, so that was a, that was a really fun one. And then him trading back up into the first to get Clay Matthews. That was really cool. So, and then, yeah, Sarah kind of explained uh, exactly my feelings um, on, on coconut. Like some forms of it are cool. Like on, on Samoa's, the, the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, great. Awesome. A little bit of coconut goes a long way. Coconut oil while, while making fresh popcorn. Sure, that's, that, that can go good. But like chunks of coconut, no, hard. Like I'm out on that stuff. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of my take on coconuts. Um, Jazz wants to know if you could go to one away game that's not London, which one would you go to this year? Sarah, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I mean, a cop out answer for me would be uh, the Bucks, but I'm already planning to go to that. Um, but a game that I would love to go that there's just no way I can make the trip happen um, would be to the Bills game, just in that stadium, in that environment. Prime time Sunday night would be electric. Uh, so if I could go to any that aren't the London game, 
or that isn't the London game. God, that was horrible grammar. Um, that would be the one I'd go to. Yeah, Bills, baby. That's that's the same way. I mean, you look at the schedule, and there's there's different ones you could pick, or different ones that I that I that I was thinking about picking. But the Bills seem like just the absolute. I mean, like I think Cowboys at home would be fun. Well, that's you know it's in Green Bay, but I think the away games. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to beat that Bills game, man. Because some of the big ones again, Cowboys. Rams, like those are the other two big games. Patriots even, like those are at home. So yeah, give me the Bills. I was going to go Bills too. And just because both of you did, uh, I guess I technically, I was going to switch my answer, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I want to. Cause I was looking at the Eagles game, like, oh, that could be really fun. You know, Philadelphia. And then I'm like, wait, those are the worst fans in the world. <laughs> and they get stabbed, dude. <laughs> and I was going to say, if the Packers are winning, like I might die. So at least the Bills, like that'd be, a, that'd be really fun to go see that one. So. All right, this last question that we got was a, a really good one. Dusty, you actually didn't – I don't know who this one came from. Uh, uh, crap, I need to look at uh, Joseph Quincy. Joseph Quincy. Okay, Joseph Quincy. And his was a take on the Marvel uh, universe of a multiverse. What non-superstar former Packer uh, joining the Packers this year uh, in their prime would be the sweetest? So we all had some uh, some lengthy discussions about this uh, beforehand. So a good like I'd say fifteen to twenty minutes talking about you know what <laughs> qualifies as a superstar, what doesn't qualify as a superstar. But Sarah, let's start with you. Who did you uh, who did you land on for this? Yeah, I ended up and kind of I'm going to backtrack for a sec to explain my reasoning. So this person is currently I'd say you know a star. You know they're above average at their position um when they were on the packers they weren't exactly you know at the level that they are now um and that's micah hyde um but if the packers were able to get him now when he's you know kind of in his prime he's doing doing really well i I think that could really mix things up for the defense um but you could go a lot of way with it a lot of ways with this it could be someone who's never really been a star someone who is a star before the Packers then came late in their career or vice versa. So that's where I ended up landing on it. Yeah. And we looked at, um, uh, so, so sweetest, you know, you think of like coming, coming back in and win. I think the way we all kind of went with this was, was who, who can you slot in? Uh, who could we take from the other team? I think the sweetest for me would honestly just be, he's, he's back on the team. It'd be Randall Cobb, man, get that, get that man a Super Bowl. But, uh, from past non-superstar Packers put on this team, I'm, I go the way I, w- I looked through a whole bunch of drafts. I was I, I really looked into this question. Ultimately, I ended up with a man. I end with with a lot of these questions. And it's Craig Newsom, because Craig Newsom was my favorite Packer growing up. Uh, kind of as I was you know watching watching the Packers and those mid '90s teams, just absolutely love Craig Newsom. Career ended you know short. I think by I think it was a back injury. I think he played a year in San Francisco. They traded him to San Francisco. I think four years in Green Bay, one year San Francisco, and that was it. But he was you know he was first round pick could have been I think could have been just electric could have been an all-timer and just it just wasn't obviously he won the Super Bowl 96 uh, but I think bringing in prime Newsom uh, who never really had the full career that I feel like he should and bring him into this cornerback group whew, just just incredible so I'll go I'm gonna select Craig Newsom in here so who are you bumping out for that spot Rasul, uh, Rasul. yeah okay I'm just curious um I decided to go with uh, J Mike might not agree with there everything he says in the world. Uh, <laughs> I said, in fact, I don't agree with a lot of things that he says in the world. However, when he was up and coming and he was right before he got injured, man, he was starting to catch fire. And I think that is something that the Packers are missing that stretch tight end, that guy that can, can really move down the seams um, and would really kind of help this, this Packers offense explode. And he was developing that connection with Aaron Rodgers quite well before he got injured. So I think that would just really take this offense to a new level um, and not, and then everybody's concerns about wide receivers wouldn't be that big of a deal. So that would be my, my thought on that one guys. That's going to be uh that's going to be it for this week. We actually went a little bit longer than I anticipated, but that was, that's pretty good. Uh, the schedule covered it pretty well. So Hope you guys enjoyed listening. But before we go, Sarah, you got any closing thoughts for us? No, actually, I don't have anything specific this week, but just hope everybody's you know staying safe and they're happy and healthy. And as always, our, our DMs are always open if you want to chat or, you know, some people send us questions in the DMs. Then we have a little conversation about the question or just what they're, um, you know, looking forward to. So definitely, um, you know, it's good to be back and 
I'm looking forward actually to the off season just to kind of, you know, shoot the shit with you guys and, <laughs> um, and have some fun. Maybe we'll get some uh, cool guests. Uh, I know we had talked about maybe getting another listener on at some point. So he did that for the first time in the off season last year. So definitely keep an eye out. Yeah. Echo all the stuff from Sarah, uh, you know, uh, reach out if you need to DMS are open, all of that, be kind to each other. Um, and also, uh, you know, just, just to plug my own stuff, I guess, uh, I'm sorry. I, I mentioned last week, I was going to try to get back to writing again and it turns out I, I did. Uh, so today over on Cheesehead a little later today, you should be seeing, I still have to like upload it, all the videos and everything, but should be seeing uh, a look at the Packers explosive passing plays in 2021. I don't get into all of them. I think I looked at, uh, I've got as a whole, I think, uh, 32, 33 concepts. I'm looking at the top five. And kind of how they ran those and cut-ups of all that. I may I may post the other ones elsewhere, uh, kind of when I get those cut up. But kind of a look at their deep, uh, their, not their deep, their explosive passes in 2021. Kind of talk about that a little bit and kind of setting that up. So then for next week, I'm going to follow it up with, you know, how that game could look without Devontae Adams. Uh, kind of the different concepts you might be looking at with Adams. So we're setting up this week. We're looking at how they produce explosive plays in the passing game or the most popular concepts. Then we're going to lead into next week, kind of uh, what might this look like without Devontae Adams. So it's exciting. I kind of, I, I pivoted last minute. I was going to go with, with another uh, with stick concept. And then I, I had it all written and then I was like, nope, I don't want to do that. And so I've been blitzing over the past day to try to get this explosive <laughs> pass done. And, uh, and I'm excited. So that's going to be out hopefully today over on uh, She Said this afternoon. Awesome. Yeah, I don't really have anything too much. I'm just, I'm excited to be back like two weeks in a row now doing the podcast or, uh, or you know a lot of fun talking football with you guys again and so i'm just i'm happy i'm excited to be back and i'm looking forward to doing it next week so thank you guys as always for listening uh make sure you follow us on twitter at packaday podcast at sarah keller four at dusty evely at steve perhatch uh again like they all said interactions we love talking to you guys so keep that up we will catch you next week and as always go pack go